Hey there, this is Jason Bullman. I'm the director of game design at Paizo, and you are listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica discuss merchandise and tabletop role-playing. In the news, Pathfinder Remaster has been released, Transformers announces a new rules expansion, Critical Role's Candela Obscura has been released, and more! Plus, a brand new sketch about the terms and conditions of granting wishes. This week on Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Royal Homeland Constabulary. If you dream of a hopeful future with endless opportunity, travel, and top-notch training, sign up to the RHC. You'll be paid one groat per week. You'll get your own straw cesspit in the communal barracks, and you'll have a wonderful time mingling with all the thieves, bandits, muggers, and other assorted scum and villainy. Sounds lovely. But when they say travel, they just mean down the street to find out who threw eggs at Madame Brandybox Garter Showhouse. And it's usually just Bert. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse, we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial Tabletop RPG Hello, hello, hello And welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris Or Morris, a.k.a. Russ And with me this week is... Peter Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. For us as ever, it is a delight to be here. And joining us once more, it is the lady that we call upon when we absolutely positively have to make sure that you get your TTRPG books bang on time. It's the one! It's the only! It's... It's me, Jessica from EM Publishing. And as a note, I only control the logistics and fulfilment of EM Publishing. So any other TTRPG books, I'm not responsible for you getting them early or late. Got another footnote. Ooh. Are you? No, I'm not. Maybe you are, though. I'm not. Maybe if you were, that's exactly what you would say. I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. Because if I was, I would have my Walking Dead RPG from Free League in my hands right now, and I do not. Uh, Hey, here's a a great idea. And like this might just be a conversation starter, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But has there been anything happening in the world of TPRPGs this week? Yeah, well, there have been things happening in the world of tabletop RPG news and stuff. Finding paths, maybe? Mm. Well, yeah, so the old uh, Pathfinder Remaster is out now. People have it. It is in people's hands. Not our hands yet. I haven't bought it yet, but I am going to buy it because we want to talk about it on the show. But it's out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pathfinder Player Core and GM Core, they're both out. You can start playing it. Yeah, it's covered under the Orc license, so Mm -hmm. you can make stuff for it. It's completely D-O-G-L-I-F-I. Nothing to do with the open gaming license anymore. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we'll talk all about it when we actually get it. Yeah. One yeah, one thing good. I will say, though, that's very cool is I love the sketch covers that they have. Because I think we had it a few months back. They previewed the covers and it was yeah. like a sketchy version. And I said, you know what? This looks really cool. We're going to make this available. So mm. it is only, it's only available in physical locations like friendly local gaming stores. Mm. So you can pick it up there yeah. and you can get the sketch covers. Which sort is of like, like how nice Wizards does their alternate covers for all their books as well. It's kind of like that, yeah. isn't it? I kind of like this a little more because it's kind of, I don't know, I don't know, it just appeals to me. Yeah, that, I like the sketch, sketch covers. Are really nice. well. I really like yeah. them. So maybe pop into friendly local gaming store to pick a copy of that. If I can find a friendly local gaming store. Anyway, so that's Pathfinder <laughs> stuff. I have another bit of Pathfinder 
information. What? I find this having two bits of news in one week. That's just greedy. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's also a free, this is for free, so if you're Pathfinder 2nd Edition, there's a free item card starter pack. So there's, they've got all the items. So the idea is it's a print and play, so you do it at home for free. I'm sure they'll sell a physical copy if you if you want to get the proper one, because if you you like you're like me and hate your printer that maybe this isn't for you but anyway there is a free one uh so there's 20 cards and it's loads of different items for pathfinder second edition and the idea is that you can quickly reference it if you have something but also if you want a random loot generator you just shuffle the deck and be like you find these things um but yeah so that's quite nice uh, so that's for free to download so if you're using pathfinder and fancy it we used go. to use the pathfinder 1e item cards Years and years ago, like over the years, they released like so many decks of them. They, you know, yeah. we had lots and lots of cards, mm. and uh, mm. I really, really liked it. Because we were talking about um, props the other week, and that yeah. was one of the props I really liked was item cards because it's kind of like if you've got it in your hand, you've got it. If you haven't got it, you haven't got it. Yeah, sort of I like that sort of thing in games. As Inventory well. management kind of thing. So I'm sure they have yeah ones you can buy as well, but this these are twenty free ones anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I seem to recall the ones that the one e ones. And I don't know what these are like, but the one e ones. It wasn't sort of like it would be an item card with its stats on it or anything. It would just be like this is a, a fancy sword, and it have a picture of a fancy sword, and it's like up to yeah. the GM what that fancy sword was in particular. Oh, this has stats and stuff on it. Ah, let, yeah, let me share the the link with you. Let me put it where we are. I'll put it obviously links will be in the show notes for our fair listeners as well. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you can get, pick it up on Drive Through RPG. But yeah, the, there's an image of the front one, so it's got the item on it. It's got the the cast. Oh theme. yeah, yeah. It's a, oh, it's actual magic up, full magic item with information. It's got yeah, the actual yeah. details. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. very cool. So yeah. Yeah, I love that stuff. I love that stuff. That's that's the sort of props that I like. We do love a prop. It's in my prop wheelhouse, as it were. If props were to have a wheelhouse. But that is all the Paizo news I have for you now. I am now done. Ooh. Oh, well, want some other news? Yes. How about? Something about Transformers Robots in Disguise. Because Renegade Game Studios, who make the Transformers role-playing game, which I do not yet have, but I like Transformers. I guess I should get the Transformers role-playing game, but I don't know if I'd ever get a chance to play it. But I like Transformers. Anyway, and I have Transformers toys. Well, if only there was some sort of club you went to every Wednesday where possibly that might be happening. Someone <laughs> playing, is someone running Transformers? I don't know. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a possibility. You know what? Never mind. You crack on, Russ. You crack on. All right. <laughs> um, so, um, what was it? Yeah, so this, trans- this is a source book for the Transformers role-playing game, and it talks about the Combiner Transformers. These are Transformers... Oh, like uh, the Constructor Cons and stuff. Yeah, joined together to make mm. up a giant one. Um, like Devastator, Superior, Menasaur, and Defensor. And they all joined to make a great big giant Transformers robot thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's basically a source book for a uh, combiner style Transformers, which sounds kind of cool. I guess, does that mean like your adventuring party is a group of Transformers who can all join together and then become one giant robot Transformer? Then who controls it? it yeah, yeah, it does say several Transformers that can join into one giant entity. Mm. But then who who controls it then? A committee. Maybe I should read the book and find out. Yeah, I'm just reading the <laughs> press release right now, skimming to see if I can answer your question for you. Yeah. Reading the book and finding out. I'm sorry, this is just not how tabletop role playing games work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should yeah. speculate and report that's the case and yeah. say why we don't like our speculation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or even better, the best way to do it is you speculate on something, convince yourself that's going to happen, and then when that's not in the book, complain about it. Act like they've let you down in some way by not doing yes. what was in your head that they yeah. didn't know about. 
In honesty, <laughs> people should read my mind about what I want for in games and make them that way. That is how and, customer service works, yeah. And uh, But sometimes people have generally done that, which is like, yeah. They've actually read your mind. Free League did when they announced The Walking Dead. I was literally like, I want to run a zombie game. I want it to be pretty sandboxy. I quite like The Walking Dead world and that style of thing. So I'm looking for something like that. And then Free League were like, we're making a and Walking Dead role playing game. And the little alarm went off in the Free and League headquarters. Like, yeah, and then I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was literally the day before I was talking to my partner about, oh, I have this idea for this like sandbox game and I want it to be like this, but I haven't found a system that I like, you know. And then they were like, we're doing this. And I was like, well, I'll just get that then. Because <laughs> that's literally, that ticked the box of everything mm. I wanted. So mm. sometimes it does happen. But anyway, I'm looking at the Transformers cover art uh, which is very cool i think Mm -hmm. it's meant to be transformers either fighting or combining i think that's the intention but for me and i don't know this might just be me and my interpretation and not the artist's intent but it looks like they're about to kiss or something and it's something romantic is happening maybe that is what's happening i feel like they're embracing and it's like the moment you know like on old-fashioned movie posters where you have like a couple like holding hands and like looking meaningfully at each other I'm reading it like that, and I don't think that was the artist's intent. I, but, I, th- I think that, uh, yeah, I think that's fine. You can read it that way. I mean, isn't art wonderful <laughs> that we can all interpret yeah. it in our own way? Yeah. I mean, they're not combining, so they're already combined. If you look on the right, he's got two legs, each of which is made of a different vehicle. So, oh, so they, are they meant there. to be fighting? So those are the giant gestalt combined Transformers. I guess they're supposed to be fighting, yeah. But okay. they're all dancing. They want strictly That's what dancing. I mean. It feels yeah. like they're making a connection. They, they look like they're doing the tango. And if you run your Transformers games, you can run it however you want. And if you want to do it as a dating simulator, you can. Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> um, <I> mean, <laughs> Maybe it's not the best system for that. I'm not necessarily saying that's a good idea, but, you know, if that's what no, you want to do. No, I'm not saying it's designed for that or it's the best tool for that. But if, if you wanted to, no one can stop you. Uh, that is true. That is and true. that's my take on, on that piece of news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad you asked me to, to join you both. Yeah. Did you have any news, Peter? We get off dating yeah. Transformers. <laughs> Why not? It's been super quiet. Lots of it has been a quiet week, actually. It has been a quiet week. Yeah. Um, there's not a massive amount of news. There's a new yeah. um, Cthulhu thing. Yes. Um, so this is an Encyclopedia Cthulhuana, a new edition of that right. coming from Chaosium, a guide to Lovecraftian ah. horror. Mm-hmm. Nice. So this is, yeah, it's basically cults and the various outer space entities and all other things. There's been like a two or three editions, I think. Mm-hmm. I think this might be... I, I can't tell you. Maybe fourth edition or something? I don't know what, which one this is. I can tell okay. you. This is the fourth edition. Oh, no. It was what originally published by Chaosium in 1994, second edition mm-hmm. 1998, and third edition mm. wasn't made by Chaosium, it's made by Elder Sign Press in 2008. Mm. Okay. Tell me more. The fourth edition oh, will feature oh. a new hardcover format with an all-cover all color interior. I have the press release in front of mm. me, if you can't tell. That does help. Yes. I imagine um, yes, but what I found interesting was the book isn't just H.P. Lovecraft's no. work, which I originally thought it was because I saw this, I was like, yeah. H.P. Lovecraft, cool. but it's like no, it's even got like Stephen King in there and all sorts. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I mean, even in his lifetime, Lovecraft, despite his many, many, many faults, mm-hmm. was a big believer in like saying, "Yeah, hop in, grab yourself a piece of mythos, get get writing, lads." For a Did shared you? world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Doing shared universe back in, what, the 20s? So mm. that's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's a yeah, big book full of... Stuff. Tentacles. <laughs> a big book full of tentacles. I, I mean, like yeah. I mean, <laughs> Tell me well, I'm wrong. Look at the cover. Uh, I mean, you know, what else, what else could anybody want than a big book full of tentacles? That's what, that'll be on some people's Christmas yeah. lists. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, it sounds uh, tentacular. I haven't played Cthulhu in a very long time, actually. No, it's been a long time for me, oh. too. Mm. I've been playing Delta Green. Oh, I've played Delta Green, which, oh. I suppose that counts. That, I haven't played anything wibbly for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's how but, I define the genre, wibbly. Wibbly. But if I say that, genre. everyone knows what I mean, right? The tentacle, well, as opposed to the tentacle genre, which is... No, because you could confuse that with something entirely different. Here, just yeah. Something you could, yeah. I also <laughs> right, haven't played not, that yeah. either. No, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start walking uh, down a path and went, I don't want to be yeah. in this room. Yeah. Back, just yeah. shut the door and walk out that <laughs> room. <laughs> this way, this way, come. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I said there's no news. Probably the biggest thing that I can talk about, because mm. there's a bunch of things I can't actually talk about them, which is unusual for me, because normally Ooh. I'm in full on, look at this thing but currently there's a lot of stuff that's sort of going to happen so the biggest thing that i can talk about has probably been peter martin's massive success with the manual of adventurous resources that mm. has been kicking ass and taking names more it's more that, yeah that book you mean that that book that this book that i'm holding in my hands right here yeah yeah it's i have the hardcover it arrived um ages ago i've just been so busy this week i haven't had a chance to dive into it but it is very nice Yes, yes, I've been looking at the Chandler and Wilder classes, and they seem fun. It's just finding a game that I can take them to. Mm. But yeah, no, it's uh, it was doing very well. It's right up there. It's been right up there in the top ten. Or like this isn't even the me logged in looking at advanced fifth edition stuff. It's been right up there in the top ten of Drive for RPG, mm-hmm. along with places like Vason, the Cut Price mm-hmm. Delta Green. I mean, it's been a real, one of these things is well, not yeah. like the other <laughs> sort of thing. <Yeah. laughs> big names, big names, big names. Mm. The complete manual of interest resources. Yeah. Nice. Getting my son. Good, good, good. So, yeah, good work, Peter Martin. And obviously, Josh, Andy, and Rachel. And I forgot who else is in there. There was Sorry. someone else. There was all, someone. The, all the many Do you want me to, find, want me to open features. the book and find out? I open the book and I'm going to look at the credits page and I'll tell you who wrote this book. This was. I'll remember immediately. Andrew Englewright, Jocelyn Gray, Josh Gentry, and Rachel Williams. Yes, Jocelyn. All names I recognise. Yeah. Well, you should. In front of the A5 ebook. That's why. That's how I know them, yeah. (laughs) Hey! Yeah. Uh, Okay, so, um, well, we are are very much running short of news very quickly this week. Yes. There is not a lot of news. I've got... D&D Adventure League news. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I haven't actually played any D&D Adventure League games. Have either, no, either I never really? have in my life either. I've never. Have, you, have you played Peach is very familiar Peter? with them. But... What, with Adventure League? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I've, no, I've, I've yeah. never... I used, I used to run it. Oh, did you? So, yeah. Well, you'll be familiar with this then. Uh, you'll know what That's we're it. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big assumption there, Jess. <laughs> well, no, like, uh, so the ju- there's a Dungeon Craft program. Since they started in November 2020, uh, for those that don't know, pretty much that um, empowers dungeon masters to design their own adventures for D and D adventure league campaigns. So you can, you know, create your own adventure, and it will be in in the adventure league setting. And there's a new dungeon craft design guide which goes into effect from November 9th, so from now, uh, and it's got instructions and st- and standards for creating the adventures, uh, and includes kind of Planescape because Planescape books were out recently, so it incorporates that. So um, it lets you use that setting there. So it's mm. a big document which is uh, full of different things. Also, mm. it includes things about Bigby Presents, Glory of the Giants. So yeah, it's just adding more stuff and giving you guidance on how you can create these things. So it's you know the technical requirements, the treasure that you can give out, story awards, various compliance things. So yeah, loads of stuff like that. So if you 
run for Adventure League and you want to create your own adventures, this is how you do it. Yep. So it looks quite comprehensive. I was having a look through, but I've never played Adventure League as a player, let alone run. So a lot of this went over my head. Mm. So I didn't have a lot I, to add. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, it, it is enjoyable. The Adventurers League thing was to essentially be an on ramp for people who wanted to try out Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. I have drifted away from it because it required me to be on a Discord and a Facebook group, neither of which I had any interest in doing. Right. So it's like, well, my admin, like, just just, just put it, put the rules, you want me to apply to this game in a document, I'll read the document and apply the rules. That's what they've done there, I think. Sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) I'm pleased with that. I think, again, they read your mind, Peter, and they delivered. (laughs) (laughs) Not on the three-league scale, I'm afraid. Not on the three-league scale. Like, the timescales have been somewhat different. All right. Well, you know, we, you know, they've been busy doing things, but. Hey, you know what else came out this week? What came out this week? Critical Roles role-playing game. Yes! Yeah! Candela Obscura, Obscura, their investigative horror game, was released this week. Um, I think you had that last week, Jess, didn't you? I did, I got 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 an advanced copy, yeah. I did. It's a lovely black book with an embossed cover, Mm -hmm. which uh, there's a lot of uh, circles involved. Yeah, like kind of (laughs) cogs or, yeah, kind of Mm. cogs and also runes and things like that. Yeah. Mm. It's capturing a sort of a Renaissance slash Da Vinci esque vibe of machinery. Is mm. that fair to say? That, yeah, that's a good summary. Yeah. Mm. But yes, so the very nice people at Darrington Press sent me a copy. Yeah. Yes. And so they will be on Not D&D at some point in the future. Yeah. We're, t- we're yeah, talking about well, this is good job. So this is kind of like investigative horror. Uh, it's kind of set in a, a sort of uh, early 20th, late 19th century kind of setting. Not Earth, mm-hmm. but, but kind of setting. Yeah. With, like, occult stuff and secret societies and investigators and things. As I understand yeah. it, I mean, bear in mind, I'm not super familiar. But mm-hmm. that's kind of what it is. And I think it's kind of heavily inspired, systemized by Blades in the Dark, I think, from what I've heard. I mean, Ooh. I haven't read the whole rule book yet, because I'm not good at yeah. my job. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, you're good at your job. Thank Just you. busy, busy. Thank you, Peter. That was yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's very rules light and it's aiming to be quite narrative. Yeah. And mm. so, yeah, I wouldn't. Well, they're yeah. making two games, aren't they? There's this, which is kind of like their rules light narrative one. And they're making mm-hmm. a more traditional fantasy one. It's a name I forgot. Was it like Dagger Heart or something? I can't remember what it was called. Something like that. They announced them both at the same time. They did. Like, months ago, and I cannot for the life of me remember what the other one was called. Let me look that up for you oh. in on EN World. It is Daggerheart. It is Daggerheart. Kind of covered the news, really. There's a, a new Grimtooth book out on Kickstarter, or Battlekit, in fact. Mm. You know, Grimtooth Traps, Goodman Games has, has it these days. I, I mean, I read Grimtooth's Guide to Traps, and it was kind of fun. But I'm really struggling to think, what can I actually use in my games? Just because the scene's moved on so much. I think, I, like, I think part, partly, yeah. partly it is fun to read, is, is the purpose yeah, of it. Yeah. I mean, they do but have, good. They do have a variety of like, lethalities. There are like, the obvious yeah. r- ridiculous instant death, incredibly gory, ridiculous traps that it has in there, which I think are pretty yes. much just in there for entertainment value. But there are yeah. sort of less deadly ones in there as well. Yeah, I mean, there's like ones which have a certain escalation built in. Mm. Uh, what, like, one I might, like, there's two, two spring to mind. One which I would actually use, one which I would never use. The one I would actually use is, uh, you go up a ramp, it's got like, uh, little side things, and then 
you get to the top and suddenly barrels start rolling down towards mm. you, which are huge, uh, great things. And you're supposed to move out the way and hide from them. Then they explode, fling the place of oil, and then there's like flames start shooting up. Mm. And you know, it's like there's a natural escalation and you can maybe dodge it by being a bit clever. Mm. And there's, there's one where you open the door and if you look at it, you get hit in the back as the ceiling comes around and sort of whacks you through the doorway, which is actually a um, load of, like, monofilament wire, so you get turned into chutney. Hmm. Um, it's like... Oh, it's I, d- I, I, don't, I don't want to be turned into chutney. No, no. It, it's like... It just... It may, yeah, sure. It's an if I had to be a jar or something, I'd rather be jam. I'm sure there's something in Grimm's which will definitely jamify you. Jamify you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I okay. Oh, they had a silly one with a fishing, fishing uh, rod, which flew up into the air and brained you on the ceiling, and then flew you into some sharp rocks because it was covered in clay. I can't remember. It's it just like that. Didn't seem like fun. They are fun. I think they're fun. Yeah. Are they fun to read? Yeah. I think. Sure. I think that's part of the po- the book is partly a, a, mm. a, a coffee table book to read and partly. Partly for use, sorry. I don't, I don't know. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> I just thought it was amusing sure. after I mentioned it. Diff- different game. Yeah. Like DCC, this fits in brilliantly. Yeah. Because well, that's the 5D in DCC. There we go. Yeah. Um, right, I think we are now done. We are I now done. We are now one done. piece of Ooh, news left. Of news. Well, I don't know if it's really news. It's something I've seen that I feel I need to share with everybody. Okay. So it's an adventure called Floating Death Sheep. Uh, nice. And if that already is Floating Death Sheep. Correct. Okay. Now, is this a sheep that is associated with death, or is it just hard of hearing? Oh, death. D-E-A-T-H. Yeah, floating death sheep doesn't have but the same... It, I mean... It's different games, right? Different, yeah. different game, different equally intriguing. Uh, anyway, it's but for the Swords and Wizardry system, uh, and it's just a low-level oh, adventure soft cover supplement that I saw but I just the cover is just a load of sheep with red eyes like glowing menacingly at me and mm. I and it's called floating death sheep and I was like brilliant I think I know exactly what that is and what it's going to be like and I just saw that on the print news and I thought that was funny <laughs> so fun. I wanted to share it mm. for my Welsh heritage if nothing else hey has anyone seen any of that new Hasbro streaming channel launched this week I think it was like yesterday or the day before I, I haven't had time to watch anything I haven't either but I just wanted to explain um I, I, I saw a post on all my various social media platforms. I don't think it was Facebook. <laughs> and they said, okay, we tried to watch it. And then it said, and now to cut the commercial break. I sat through three minutes of adverts and then it came back to the action and it said, and now again, cut to a commercial break. And so as a consequence, they saw the same advert for faster purple worm kill kills six times, which, right. yeah. There's a thing that could happen. Technical but... glitches, maybe. I don't know. I mean, certainly. Well, it's, it's free because of advertising, so I imagine there's heavy yeah. on the advertising. Well, the channel. Well, the, the channel, channel's launched now. You know, these the, the shows hey, are out. So there, was, there was faster purple one kill kill. There was the uh, heroes feast cooking one. Mm-hmm. And what was the, yeah. what was the other one? There was another one as well. Dungeon Dragons cartoon. Uh, they're, they're gonna... Oh, if they could get Thundercats in there, that'd be amazing. Yeah, they're going to put the D and D cartoon on there as well. Yeah, but there was another new show, uh, Encounter Party. That was it. Um, which okay. is a, a, a forgot. I think it was a Forgotten Realms-based um, um, actual play, I believe. Yeah, they should do something like the Crystal Maze or Taskmaster, but with um, D and D characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or Larpers D and D characters. Yeah. Well, how well, how about we try and glance at the channel at some point, and then um, we could talk about it in a later episode. 
I'm not that saying spend hours watching it, but just have a look so so we're more informed and then then come back and okay. talk about it maybe next week or the week after. Sure thing. Yeah, okay. If I can work out how to get it. It's on Amazon somewhere, apparently. Yeah, Amazon, Amazon, free, Amazon Freebie. Free. Okay. I think it's available on something else as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it yeah, is. Yeah, it's on Plex. Plex, yeah. 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 There we go. Yeah, yeah. All right, there's, there's some homework for us. That was a thing, Peter. It exploded Please. on Twitter this week, or was it last week, very recently. Oh, is this Vampire 5th edition? Yeah. So oh. Vampire once more being dumber than a Yeah, bank so they released a two-page spread preview. What's wrong with these people? Yeah, yeah, the book, sorry. and I think it was part of the um, safety tool section of the book. I think, okay, but it's kind of only part of it. But um, the part that they showed dealt with bleed. Yeah. Now this is a topic which uh, a, a term that has been around for a while. But to be honest, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I got to admit, I only heard about it in the last couple of weeks. So I personally, oh, okay, I hadn't hadn't come across the term before. So I'm not even 100 percent sure I understand what it means. So it's not a super new thing. Like, basically, if you spend a lot of time being in character yeah. doing really intense things, mm-hmm. then when you stop being in character, your body does not know that you were role-playing, mm-hmm. and you still have your emotions just way up there, and it can make you feel dreadful. Right, okay. Um, like, so like, character. like the thing that actors get and things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just... I mean, that's, that's exactly, yeah. 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 I... Um, it's, yeah. It basically you got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's very much a thing. I think you can get it when you're yeah. doing love and when you're acting. I yeah. I remember because I, I back when I used to do acting, rah, I was Ooh. doing a play where I was playing Andromache and the and the women of Troy. Uh, a lot of bad stuff happens to her. And I remember yeah. when wow. I was doing the play, I was doing the run, and in my own time at home, I was like, I feel really depressed and down. Mm. And everything's going really well, and I can't figure out why. And I was like, Oh, it's because I'm playing this really depressed yeah. woman yeah, who's having yeah. awful yeah. things happening yeah, to yeah. her. Yeah, um, yeah. I've yeah, heard so, about that happening with actors, especially those yeah. who are a bit more method than others as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, it can happen with role playing games and LARPs yeah. as well because you're playing pretend in the same, same way. It depends upon the level of high-intensity emotion yeah. that you are going for yeah. and that you want. Mm-hmm. Like, generally, I don't I, I don't want, like, high-intensity depression. I mean, I'll take a little bit of stress, a little bit of fear and, like, mm. excitement, but that's not yeah. the emotions no, I want I'm def- to I'm definitely not a high-intensity role-player, so... No. And that's yeah. why I'm here, for balance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's not really something that um, I've really stumbled across myself. because I mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, so, what, so could you give us the details of what they have In the rule said. book, I, and their I, section I, about bleed. Because I'm actually I, I, interested. I didn't, like... I didn't look into it, I just saw it rolled my eyes so hard that they went out mm. and moved on with my life. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's spread a, a polygon article and everything, so, you know, mm. It, mm. it's been... So, let me... Um, Cool I've got I've got a picture of the page spread right here. So okay. so basically it's, it's two pages. It's, it starts at the bottom of one page, so it's only one page. Okay. One yeah. Um explains what bleed is. Role playing tends to avoid a variety of emotions, feelings of success and failure, loss and affection and things. The term bleed, coined by game designer Emily Care Boss, means a transference of emotions from your character to you and vice versa. Your character gets dumped by their lover and this makes them feel sad. The mechanism of emotional bleed means that as a player of your character, you might feel this sadness as well. So it mm-hmm. tells you what bleed is. Mm-hmm. Um, tells you that bleed can work the other way around. Um, so if you're angry, your character might become angry or something. Um, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, when it comes to player motivation, another relative term it says comes from Nordic LARP traditions called bleed hunting. This means purposely playing in a way. 
that maximizes bleed. Okay, I see. Yeah. Okay, yeah, right. Right. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're not just explaining what it is. They're, uh, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then they, yeah, they, they talk about it, basically. And then they've got a sidebar there playing for bleed. Here are a few ways you can maximize the bleed you're feeling in a game. So they're, <laughs> they're kind of advocating as a style of play. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. As a, as, a, as, a, as a thing to aim for. No, I was I was assuming this was just going to be an explanation. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the phrase "bleed hunting" before, but I, whenever mm. I've no, maybe this is just the circles I'm in. Talk about it in LARP, it's viewed in a kind of negative way mm. because it's kind of like a lot of the the things I have with LARPs. Like I do do some Nordic LARPs, and some of the topics and themes in it are quite intense. And like I said, next weekend's. Uh, some of the topics and themes we're talking about in the games are going to be quite emotionally intense. Yeah. But all the things we talk about bleed is like how to prevent that as much as you can, how mm. to make sure you have separation between yourself and your characters. So right. that, do you know opposite. what I mean? Yeah. But like, because yeah, yeah. that just feels like uh, to make a m- mental health <sighs> bad soup is what yeah. they're giving instructions to make there. Yeah, basically, mm. like you, I mean... Because there can be an element of catharsis when you're playing those games as your character. Yeah. And I get that people might want to to experience that or explore certain themes, and, and great. But you need to have the separation that this is not happening to you. And yeah, yes. otherwise, yes. Ro- role playing games are not therapy. Correct. The people that you're playing with are not your therapists. Correct. And... Unless you are playing a role playing game with your therapist. I I yeah. think there would be ethics of things around that, but that's separate. But yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's very true. I think yes. role playing game and putting. Sorry, and just one final thing: putting the responsibility for your therapy and your emotional well-being onto the other players at the game is not a good or kind thing to do. Because they probably haven't signed up for that. No, and... no, they haven't consented to this. Well, this is yeah. this is pretty much raged across Twitter in the last week or two. Yeah, after this after this preview was put out, what they did say that uh, they're um, it's only two pages and it's not the full context. But looking at it, I'm not quite sure what an extra like page to- could. Yeah, how to encourage bleed is like, well, don't do that. Because it's literally, it's a, it's a sidebar, and it says, play for bleed, here are a few ways you can maximise the bleed your play. And it says, familiarity, relatability, interesting emotions, unrelatable characters, circumstances which fail to resonate, and cool. And each of those is a paragraph. Hmm. I'm not sure, yeah, I like. I very much agree with what Peter's saying, is a role-playing game is not therapy. And I know that role-playing games have been used as therapeutic tools in those yeah. settings, but that does not mean... That your role playing game that you're playing with your friends is is that by, yeah yeah by trained therapists mm-hmm. in an explicitly consenting setting mm-hmm. you know not yeah by some people who just came along to have a good time and play their character I wanted to, thing. I wanted to play a vampire game yay they, they oh my use, goodness use, what's happening around me they, everyone they use an analogy here which I'm not yeah. sure I agree with they say that um, fiction creating emotions is not a strange thing and they say you, mm. you cry and yeah. laugh at the movies and then you yeah. leave yes. feeling happy or whatever but that's yeah. a different thing that is a different yes. thing from bleed you leave feeling happy because you've had a that good time that is a different thing yes that's a different yes. thing isn't it it's not because you and were because the character you, you and your yeah like you were immersed in the entertainment then you stopped being immersed yes and sure but also you were good. separate to the entertainment you weren't part of it yeah you were, it's, yeah. it's a different yeah. Yeah. level of immersion yeah absolutely As, it's because yeah. I've watching hmm. a really good film and being in said film, but like it was a real thing, like a interactive experience. These are different things. Like mm-hmm. watching a zombie movie, mm. okay, pretty scary. Actually walking down a narrow corridor in the Napoleonic Fort, where someone may well leap out at you, 
these are different levels of scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am, of course, referring to the regular zombie walks that we've had at Halloween in Southampton at Fort Whitley, mm-hmm. which is a local place. So, you know, these are different things. Yeah. <laughs> and, mm. and it's basically like, you know, if someone cries during a movie, yeah. like someone cries during a lot, yeah. that's their in character, they're crying, and they can break mm-hmm. apart and separate it. Yeah. Whereas if you're out of character and someone is weeping inconsolably, you... That's a different thing. May well feel the obligation to comfort this person. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's like... Yeah, um, I mean, sorry. the way you described that is... I'm not saying that yeah. you shouldn't comfort people, but just... So this, oh, um, just to give this a little more context, mm. this Renegade Game Studios, who also make that um, uh, Transformers game and stuff. As well. Very different but, vibe, um, the book, <laughs> very different the vibe of the game. Yeah. How to encourage <laughs> bleed in Transformers. Oh, the book oh that's stick right. Stick a toaster yeah, on your water. arm. But the book that it comes from is called yeah. Bloodstained Love, and it's a source book about romance in Vampire. Yeah, that's a massive thing. So it's they're very specifically talking about the romance element of... Oh, that, that I wish I could describe Jessica's face right now, because it, it is a, it is a, yeah. it is a sight. I'm not quite sure how to encapsulate these emotions. What were you feeling right now, Jessica? Mm, so, mm. I, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. So I... <laughs> Sorry. I think yeah. having separation between player and character is generally quite important for a lot of reasons that we've just talked mm. about. I think mm. it's especially important if you are playing romantic relationships Ooh. with other players because oh god yes. you because wow. because that because because it seems like that book is, is a lot about that which is great and i i enjoy doing that and there's you know i've i've played with my friends and we've had characters that have been mm. married or we've you know had ones that have had a little will they won't they romance and that's very fun but that's always been completely mm. separate like and it's yeah. and um as a player the idea that somebody could be playing across me uh, in a role-playing game and we have a little romance in the character, and they think that yeah. extends outside to a player, makes me very yeah. uncomfortable. That is, yeah, because boundaries. And, so this is yeah. uh, Jacqueline Burke. No, Brick. Sorry, is one of the biggest critics of this. Um, and, what um, they said, yeah. They, they they said that this decision is irresponsible, and said uh, moralizing mm. bleed like this is how we get creeps at the table. Um, mm. This is inelegant, irresponsible. To be honest, I don't really want to see the influx of goth dudes coming to Vampire Larks to play for Bleed or going the other way and deciding I'm too cool for Bleed. You're going to get emotional constipation either way. I, I, yeah, that's a really good point because I actually, when I first started role playing, I when I first started role playing years ago, there weren't as many men uh, in the community that uh, sorry there weren't as many women in the community I played with so there was more men there than women so I was one of the few women there and I purposely for a very long time in character didn't have any romantic relationships with any other players because I was worried that the players would perceive that as an invitation from me as a player being like hey I'm flirting with you and I was like I want to make really clear that's not my intentions and what I'm doing here so that point that that they just made that you quoted there, Russ, is exactly that. If I'm going into mm. a space like that and playing a role-playing game, I want to know that it's really safe and everyone understands that we're playing a game mm. and I'm not inviting anything yeah. in real I mean, I life. I, I would personally be... Boundaries and consent. I, I would be uncomfortable with like playing any romance in a role-playing game anyway, mm-hmm. personally. I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I just don't think I would ever do that. I don't think I'd feel That's fair that. enough. Yeah. But, you know, if, for those people that do... Well, 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 look, it's like violence in role-playing games is mm-hmm. fairly popular, shall we say. It's yeah. cartoon violence, though, isn't it? It's kind of well, real violence. It's, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and like the vamp- vampire and so forth, they're fighting away, but it's not. I mean, most cases you're not actually physically doing something to someone else. Mm. Yeah, that is like, or or if you do, it's mediated by like a safe phone weapon. Yeah, uh, it's like you know, and at the end of the day, it's like the worst that happens is you whack someone too hard with your phone sword, and people say, "Ow, that bloody hurt!" You yeah. and you say, "Oh, are you just about to say I'm sorry?" Yeah, like that is. The, the sort of the worst case scenario. And there is a lot of effort that goes around into making sure that is the worst case scenario. Well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. with romance, my God, that is... Yeah. You have to have so much trust and safety in the other players and the system you're yeah. playing. Because like, I've got a, a, like I say, a LARP I'm doing next weekend. In advance, we know yeah. that there's going to be a potential romance between me and another player. Yeah. Uh, I know the other player. Uh, so we talked yeah. about it in advance. We talked about like boundaries yeah. and stuff like that. And... Yeah. what isn't isn't okay and also the rules of the game the person running it has stuff in place so that everyone feels okay with it so to say to encourage bleed and to make it like that just feels like it could get really unsafe really quickly because yeah. it's like this is not being given to professional game runners who are doing a specific game mm-hmm. where everything is sorted out this is like this is for the general public yeah. to use <sighs> um so do you want to uh, hear I mean, what the publisher said in response to the... Um, I would, yes, I would. Yes, Russell. I would like yes, to hear that, please. We would be fascinated. <laughs> uh-huh. So Paradox, who own Vampire, I think mm-hmm. they, uh, mm-hmm. they sub-licensed it to Renegator, said, we thank everybody from the community who contributed to the discussion about Bleed last week and what this word means at your tables. Mm-hmm. They said, this discussion inspired us to bring you more materials on safety tools usable across all World of Darkness settings to give you more tools to navigate the subject of bleed and its calibration. We're preparing an additional resource with the help of role-playing research, additional sensitivity reading, and community feedback. This PDF will be available to download for free from our website. So basically, they're they're writing an additional safety tools PDF related to it. Okay. I shall look forward to seeing it and evaluating it for its own merits. When it hits my electronic... Uh, January 2024, apparently. You would see that. So, well, that will be something to talk about in January 2024. Are they editing that preview that we saw talking about Bleed? That's just what they said there. Just that. We shall have to wait and see. They have said nothing else, to my knowledge. So there we go. That's the subject that happened this week. Mm -hmm. Yes, long-term listeners will, of course, recall that this is the same Vampire Fifth Edition that managed to cause an international incident. What's uh, yeah, it's like that was two publishers ago, and that was two a couple of revisions ago. Though it's not, yeah, it's, it's yeah. not the same. It's it's wildly different. It's two publishers ago. It was it was the, yeah. the, the people involved with it now are not those people. Encouraging, here we are. Lead. Mm. Wow, that's that not a, that's not a thing I thought we'd be talking about today. Okay, Sue, are we done with the news? I, yes, I don't have any other news to. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Okay. To discuss, I'm still just shooketh by the whole yep. how to encourage bleed. I'm like, why would you do? No, don't do that. Oh, the dragon's sword! I can't wait to loot this place. Yeah, I think it's safe to say we've earned it. Slaying the mighty Anthraxius was no small feat. Right. What do we have here? All the usual gold and silver. Some magic swords, a few gemstones. Ooh, what's this? It looks like a, a lamp. Uh, pretty fancy for a lamp. What's that it's made of? Oh, I'd say gold, but that looks way more expensive than gold. And all those diamonds. This thing 
Must be worth a fortune. Say, you uh, you don't think it's the lamp, do you? The lamp? You know, that that one with a genie in it. The one which grants you wishes. Yeah, yeah, rub it and see. Oh, wait, there's some writing. Yeah, uh, uh, N, user, license, agreement. What does that mean? I don't know. It's a lot of text and it's very long. I wouldn't worry about it. Ah, yeah, yeah, fine. Let's just see if it's got a genie in it. Behold, I am Jean, the genie of the lamp. And you may call me Jean. Oh, well, hi, Jean. So, are you able to grant us three wishes? That is correct. I can grant you wishes three. Uh, is that like three each or uh, three between us? Um, if you'd read the instructions, <laughs> you'd be aware that I can grant up to three wishes in total to people I can see within sight of the spot where I emerge from this rather spectacular lamp. <laughs> and then you go back into the lamp. Indeed, I will then return for a nap, you know, before the next person comes along. Uh, what if it's us? Uh, what, what if what's you? What if we're the next person? Uh, well, then you'd be the same person. But the next person might be the same person. No, no, the, the next person would be the next person. They, they, they can't be the same person. Are you sure? It's in the fine print. Yeah, look, look, do you want your wishes or, or not? Oh, you bet we do. So, just to be clear, there's no wishing for more wishes, right? Obviously. So, three wishes between us, no wishing for more wishes, and we can't come back for seconds. I can confirm that there is nothing wrong with your memory. Okay. So, shall we have one wish each, and then flip a coin for the third? Guess that's fair. Okay, you go first. Right. I wish for... Oh, oh, hang on. Is this one of those tricky letter of the wish, get the wording right type things? Look, I'm a genie, not a mind reader. I'll grant you the wish that you ask for. Right, so like, exactly what we ask for. (laughs) Well, I'd be a rubbish genie if I granted you wishes that you didn't ask for. I mean, if I ask for eternal life, you won't twist that around and turn me into a tree or something. Well, do you want to be a tree? Oh, no, no. That was just an example. Well, trees aren't immortal, you know. Oh, right, all right. It was just an example. Well, a pretty poor example, if you ask me. Well, I didn't ask you. <laughs> You're pretty sassy for a genie, aren't you? Um, how, how would you know? How many genies have you met? I might have met some. Have you? Uh, no. Look, look, we're getting off track. Let's get back to the wishes. So, you will get exactly what we asked for to the letter. No more, no less. And you won't twist our words to turn our deepest desires into diabolical curses. Look, I don't know if I'm saying it wrong. How can I be any clearer? All right, all right. I need to get uppity. Uppity? Ignore him. It's just a turn of phrase. It's pretty offensive, if you ask me. Fine. Sorry. Can we get back to the wishes now? Well, I'm trying to get to the wishes. Okay, okay. We just wanted to be sure we don't want to make any mistakes. (sighs) Look, make a wish. I'll grant it. It, it, It's that simple. What if the intent of the wish is clearly different to the wording? What? Like, if I was to say something, but I clearly meant something else. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's like, do you enact wishes as written 
or wishes as intended. I, I don't know what you intend. I, I, I just do what you say. You can't, like, read between the lines, like. No, I can't read between the bleeding lines. What is so difficult about this? Just tell me what you want and I'll give it to you. Jeez, I mean, do you think I enjoy doing this? You woke me up from a nice nap to start quizzing me about the friggin' terms and conditions. Okay, okay. Keep your pants on. Is is that your first wish? No, no. It's just an expression. So, so you don't want me to keep my pants on? No, no, no. Please keep your pants on. So it is a wish? No. Oh, make your mind up, do you? Or do you not want me to keep my pants on? If we say we don't want you to keep your pants on, will you interpret that as a wish also? Do you want me to not keep my pants on? I feel like we have stumbled into some kind of logical quagmire at this point. And frankly, it also feels quite inappropriate. Uh, but you know, but you brought it up. Look, we we are neither wishing for you to keep your pants on or to not keep your pants on. We have no opinion on your pants-based status and do not care whether or not you keep them on. We certainly do not wish for either. Your pants are irrelevant to us. Well, I guess that's clear. Okay. <sighs> what? If I wished for you to interpret our wishes in the most favourable way to us, granting our desires as intended, not as phrased, unless intention and phrasing should happen to coincide. I can't do that. Why ever not? The rules are clear. No free wishes, no deviation from the text. Mm. Are there any other rules we should know about? You know, no, no time travelling, no killing, no clowns. No clowns. I, I don't know why that one's in there, but you know, but it is. Oh, well, I don't need to wish for wealth, as we have this fabulous treasure world right here. And fame is pretty much guaranteed now we've slain Anthraxius the Stink Dragon. Right, right. Fame and fortune, both already covered. So, what's next? Health, happiness, good looks, eternal life. I guess. So, how long do we have to make these wishes? Um, h- how long has it been? I don't know, uh, five minutes? Right, right. Um, so by my calculations, you have exactly... Uh, well? Um... Well? Yes, you have until dawn tomorrow. It's not really something you had to calculate, is it? Whatever, mate. Look, can we can we just get on with this, you know? Fine, fine. Well, I know what I want. I wish for our long-lost comrade, Beric the Cleric, who died in battle against Ingrid the Unmasked, to be returned to life comfortably in his bed at home, in full health, at the same age he was when he passed. Your wish is granted. That's a good one. Okay, okay. I wish to be immune to all weapons, whether they be magical or not, including the claws and bites of vicious monsters, and indeed non-vicious monsters, and other creatures, which we are classifying as natural weapons for the purposes of this wish. Impervious you shall be. Well, that's two. Nah, we just need to decide on our final wish. <clears throat> Did you say something? Oh, it's just, you know, um, I mean, I can grant wishes for others, but, but not for myself. Such is my, my curse. Huh? That's got to suck. Yeah, and and I've been doing this for you know, thousands of years. And a fine job you're doing too. Bit snarky, Mark. Yeah, right, a bit snarky. But a fine job, nevertheless. So, um, you know, perhaps you could 
see a way to using your final wish to grant me my freedom? Ah, can can we do that? It, I mean, it is allowed in the rules, yes. How come nobody's done that before then? Well, you're telling me. You're thinking 10,000 years somebody would have had the decency to use their final wish to free me. But no, not a one. Selfish to the last. Oh, people, right? Unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's, it's not too much to ask, is it? Well, I suppose. It only seems fair. Really? Really? You, you'd do that for me? You, you'd end my eternal torment, end this curse, free me from this gilded prison? <laughs> nah. Uh, figures. Uh, um, uh, um, hang on. What is it? I've been reading this, um, that is, uh, E-M-U-L-A thing. What about it? Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's got some stuff in it. Oh, what sort of stuff? Well, uh, uh, this license agreement is a binding and eternal legal agreement between the being, living or dead, you, that has used the services of the greater enchanted numinous invocational entity, Genie, via the liminal artifact of magical power, a lamp. By rubbing the lamp, you agree to be bound by this agreement. Oh dear. Who rubbed it? You or me? I think that was you. Something wrong? You've got a bad feeling about this. What does it say? Well, it's, uh, it's pretty long. <laughs> I love this bit. Can't be that bad, can it? Let's see. Uh, you agree to marketing communications via Messenger's Pigeon Town Crier Letter. Sending stone crystal ball omens portents dreams. Dreams? Well, apparently so. All right. Marketing communications. I suppose I can live with that. What else? Oh, you'll love this bit. You consent to your personal information, including your innermost secrets and confidences, furtive plans, illicit activities, treasonous thoughts, trade secrets, and any other private data being used in any way and for any purpose, including publication and disclosure to third parties for any reason and export to other planes of existence. Oh, my. That does not sound good. It gets better. Uh, you agree to a daily subscription of 100 gold, which cannot be cancelled, refunded or otherwise avoided for the period of eternity, passing down to your heirs and descendants in perpetuity, increasing annually according to the rate of inflation. 100 gold a day. I can't afford that. Oh, sure you can. You have a nice little treasure hoard here. Well... You had one. <laughs> I, I guess it's all going to be mine now. Oh, this can't be right. I didn't agree to this. Oh, of course you did. You agreed to it when you rubbed the lamp. But I didn't know. <laughs> Should have read the small print. Wow. Glad it's you and not me. Wait. There's one wish left. Oh, that is true. You have one more. Uh, what is your bidding? Can I wish? For all this to go away. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Let's not be hasty. I wish none of this had ever happened. Oh, no time travel, remember? Hmm, looks like you're stuck with it. Wait, wait. Ah, I wish. I wish to be released from the agreement. Oh, um, just read clause 424 there. Uh, this agreement cannot be terminated unless it is transferred to another individual who has benefited from the servants of the gene... Oh, wait, no, no, no. Aha! Uh -huh. I wish for... Don't you dare. Release from the terms of the end-user licence agreement. I'm warning you, 
Another word, I'll have your head off. <laughs> Such fun. And for those terms to be transferred to... Told you. Well, that's that. Say, you have one wish left. What What will you do with it? Oh, to say this happening to anyone else, uh, I think I shall set you free, Jean. Really? Yes, I, uh, I wish for Jean the Genie to be released from their eternal duties, free to enjoy life as they choose. <gasps> your wish is granted. Well, I guess that's it then. Enjoy your freedom, and uh, I'm going to enjoy this here treasure hoard. Oh, I cannot thank you enough. Oh, wait, perhaps there, there is a way I can thank you. Hmm? How's that? Would you like three wishes? No! Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget, patreon.com slash morris. Can I go now? All right, so this week we are going to talk all about merchandise. And money, 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 money. Money. All the putties and the t-shirts and the cookbooks and the little statuettes and the drinking glasses and uh, uh, the, the, the dragon's heads you can put on your wall and the socks and the, you know, all the, all the paraphernalia mm-hmm. related yes. to RPGs, but which isn't the RPG. Yes. Yes. So, Which is what you need like, for a million dollar Kickstarter. General yeah. statistics so tell like, us. Yeah. The, one, the, the, the people with the most of that is definitely Wizard of the Coast. It's just like so much of it, t-shirts and all sorts of stuff constantly. Loads and loads of that stuff. But it, they are oh. definitely not the only people that, that mm-hmm. do RPG merch. What? Hasbro, the toy company, are good at merchandising. <laughs> well, really? it's, oh. most of it's licensed stuff, though. Um, it's not that stuff they're making themselves. Oh, okay. okay. Go, like, Hasbro, the toy company, gets other people to make this. Yeah. yeah. Fair well, enough. Well, you know that uh, those T-shirts that Joe Manganello makes? Yeah. Death Sage T-shirts. That's a prime example. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's licensed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then they, they, they make those Death Sage T-shirts, and um, yeah. I, I assume they do very well. Um, you hear about them from time to time. And I see ads from time to time. Joe Manganello's often wearing them when you see him in pictures at conventions and stuff. Yeah. So, so that's just an example. But there's so much stuff. Like, if you think about it, I'm looking at some Christmas jumpers at the moment. Mm. One's got a mi- some have got mimics on them. One's just got a D&D book cover. There loads of different things. Yeah. There's so much different stuff you can pick up. I mean, is there anything that you guys have got that's merchandise that isn't the game itself? Oh. Well... Um, I I like dice are always a classic one, and I, I am sometimes tempted to get if, if it's like themed to the thing, like if it's a space themed game. And you I get feel like cool dice are the game themselves, though, aren't they? They count as that. They're, they're part of the game. Oh, okay. Well, socks are not. Well, I I, I usually I don't usually pick up merch that isn't anything to do with the game, like socks or something. Usually, mm. I like it when someone's done some merch or something that has. Uh, that adds something to the game in some way. Like, I know there was a, a trend a while back where people were doing vinyl records with music on, mm. to, and they made a playlist to, like, create atmosphere for the game and done something like that. So that was quite cool, because I was like, oh, this is something I'll actually use during the game. 
Mm. So that that idea of merch was quite nice. I quite like that. Mm. Um, so that's something that I do. But I don't yeah. tend to, when I back things on Kickstarter. I generally buy the, I buy the book because I, I like the thing. But yeah. I don't the extra stuff packages things don't tend to draw me in. I think mm. I know badges are really popular because there's some people that collect badges. And so if mm. you're so and dice are the same like that. People collect yeah, dice. Well, yeah, I do collect dice probably. But anyway, I haven't got as, as good an organisation <laughs> set up as you, Russ. But who does? Yeah. yeah, I don't normally. The merch doesn't really draw me in, and it's quite rare that I get something like that. I will. It is good if you're doing a Secret Santa or something like that with your gaming group. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that can be a good, you know, thing for somebody. Some of the merch is really expensive, though. You wouldn't put it in Secret Santa. Well, it depends what Secret Santa. Well, oh, how much are they? How much are indie well, socks? Uh, well, the socks, yeah. <laughs> but things like things like those um, um, dragons heads you can put on the wall, and they cost like five hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, sort that's of thing. yeah, that's not a yeah, stocking filler. That's not a Secret Santa. That's a I'm going to take yeah, a mortgage okay. out situation. Yeah. That's exactly what I just said, though. It's yeah. like some, some stuff is really expensive. You wouldn't put it in a secret yeah. Santa. So, I mean, would you ever consider buying something expensive like that? Well, there were those large Owlblad plushies, weren't there? Yeah. Big ones. Or dolls or something. They were quite expensive. Like, if something is cute enough and it's got the right price, mm. like, that's much more likely to make me consider to buy it. But it's mm. it's a it's a big hill to climb, Russ. Mm. Yeah. Like... Obviously, as we know, my secret weakness is stuff like uh, models and Mini, scenery, yeah, yeah. terrain. So if you've got like something, I'm like, oh, I could use that to do dungeons and dragons. I could make exciting things that way. Then yeah, yeah, I, 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 that's much more likely to make me reach my pocket. Yeah, I mean, that's the same with me. Yeah, if I can yeah. actually use it in the game. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm more likely to. Another thing go I for saw it. someone do, they did pretty player journals and notebooks. Because I know a lot of people mm. use notebooks in their games, and they had ones that were the I can't remember what the RPG was now, but they did pretty mm. notebooks that were for the different. It wasn't classes because it wasn't D and D, but you know, their equivalent of yeah. that. They'd done different mm. themed ones for that, and I thought that mm. was really nice. Um, Cause that, yeah, but... yeah, I mean, you get themed classes for D&D as well, mm-hmm. like has no books, yeah, yeah, yeah. character sheets. Yeah. So, so yeah. things, th- yeah. merch like that that I will use some way in the game is always useful. Mm. Or like a, mm. I've seen some Kickstarter campaigns that have like a custom dice tower to roll your dice in that yeah, matches I mean, the theme. Again, yeah. I, feel like, I feel like dice towers are kind of part of the game though. You're using them in the game. Mm. And stuff that you use in the game I think is quite a, a much easier sell because yeah. you are going to get a use out of it. Yeah. Well, it's that's, like, why, that's why that's oh, the like, stuff I like. <laughs> yeah, 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 you've yeah. done it exactly. But a plushy mimic, for example, yeah. is not something you're going to use in the game in any way at all. No. It's literally, you know, lifestyle merch stuff yeah. separate to the game itself. I don't, I don't have much of that Although myself. this plushy mimic does look bloody cool. I do. Or was a D&D mimic gamer pouch. Oh, oh God, that looks cool. I do have... I don't want this. A portal companion cube plushy. But ah, I didn't. I didn't buy this for myself. So you have bought merch. I did not. It was bought for me. But that was that mm. was because when we were, uh, I was early dating my partner, and we did play Portal Two together. It's mm. a good compatibility test for anyone. If you can, if you can play Portal Two without arguing, it's a good sign of your relationship. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> the co-op puzzle game. Should I, try, should, I, should I try that with Sharon and see what happens? I mean. I think you've already committed to the situation. You've been married a very long time, so it might be yeah. might be a bit late to test it. <laughs> a little late to do the test yeah. now, yeah. All right, fair, fair, fair. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. I I'm just looking around my room at the moment, and it's I've got so much game stuff and game paraphernalia. Yeah. Stuff, I've got very li- little in terms of gaming merch. I've got geek merch. Mm. I've got Batmobiles, and I've got yeah. like Star Wars figurines, and I've got Optimus, Optimus Prime, and things like I can that. See a dinosaur skull and, le- and Lego you. fantasy and Lego fantasy figures, and Lego superheroes. Yeah, but those. this isn't this isn't gaming merch. So yeah. it look, I, so clearly I do do merch, yeah. but for some reason I don't do it. For my gaming fandom, I do it for my other thing, other fandoms, for some reason. I'm forgetting. And I'm trying to work out why that is. I'm wearing this necklace right now that's ga- technically mm-hmm. gaming work, because it's an, a silver necklace which has um, a D20 dice set. There you it. go. That is definitely, that's definitely much. Yeah, so I do have that, actually. And this was quite so much. pricey as well, because the earrings I bought of just the dangly D20 ones were like 50 quid, because mm. they're proper metal, oh, like, um... good stuff. And this necklace, I looked at it and didn't buy because it was quite a lot. So who, was... bought, who bought some D20 earrings at UK Games Expo last that, year? This year? That was, that oh, that was, was you. That was me. Okay, yeah. I remember that. Now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I mean, one what, what of the girls at my gaming group mm-hmm. has got, uh, I think it's a necklace and it's got the little cage and in it is a D20. I've seen those. Mm. You can take out and play with it. So. Yeah, mm. so I lied. I do have gaming merch that's not related to things I use in the game because I can't roll these dice. They're, they're connected to the chain. Mm. I, I do have a Shadowrun t-shirt, mm. although I got that for the computer game. Right. Which was released by Hairbrain Games. It was just like one of the things they're offering. It's like, oh, that's pretty sweet. I still really like it. Mm-hmm. It's held up pretty well. So yeah. I do think mm. sometimes yeah. things... I think when I was first into gaming, I was more likely to buy geek stuff I can wear or things like that because that was a way of almost signalling to other nerds. Because when I first mm-hmm. finished uni, I moved to Bournemouth. Um, I didn't know many people and I was like do you know what I want to find other nerds so that we can play games and do nerdy things so I feel if you're wearing a t-shirt of something like that it just signals to other people hey it's like an advert yeah it's like an advert but like hey I'm also a nerd nerd do you like this Mm. and then and that did work in some places people come up to you and be like oh hey do you watch like some people do that Critical Role they're like oh you watch Critical Role and then it's an intro into that conversation so at places like conventions and things like that it's can be a really good way to signal that. I, I tend to do that less now, but I think that's because I have my I have a various nerd circles of people I know after mm. 15 years or so of, of, of gaming and stuff. Yeah. But I do have, like I say, this little gaming necklace, which I, I wasn't even classifying I, as that. But yeah, I have, I have a slight hang-up about that sort of thing, and I, I won't wear stuff with branding on it. Right. And I've, that's, I've done that like all my life, and I don't know why. I don't even know why, but I won't, I, I won't go around with a Star Wars T-shirt or a... Or a D&D t-shirt or something like that. I won't wear something yeah. with branding on it. And I don't... Except for EM publishing ones. Well, when I'm working, yeah. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> I made you wear it, that. It, it's free, yeah. free advertising. Yeah. Like, they, they should be paying me to wear it if I'm going to have their stuff on. I don't think they are. <laughs> well, yeah. Bloody nerve. <laughs> but, you know, I don't, I don't actually get why. Because, you know, it's not like it bothers me when other people do, you know. Yeah. It's not... It's not like I have an issue with the concept. I just don't wear it myself. Yeah. Like I'd wear a band T-shirt. I'll support a band that way. Mm. But so I wouldn't uh, even do that. Yeah, well, fair enough. And I think I think maybe that is a bit odd because I think most people would, and I'm unusual in that respect. Yeah, I think when there's yeah like a Kickstarter for things like that, I think people do like support in that way because they like to. I think it's you know part of like a tribalism thing, like where the group of people that supported this well, game. It's so different and... to someone wearing a football T-shirt. Isn't exactly, it? yeah. So, so, it's, yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah, it's like I'm so, yeah. I'm part of this and I made this happen. And you see other people in public, you can have your Spider-Man yeah. meme moment yeah. where you go ah at each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I I saw a. I mean, sometimes you don't even know we're getting. Like I was really cold because mm-hmm. I've been visiting Edinburgh and I had not dressed appropriately. It's cold up north. Mm. Tell me about it, man. Um, 
And I was like, oh, I could freeze and turf it. Popped into a shop and saw a lovely red hoodie. It looked great. Mm-hmm. I was like, a bit unsure about what's on the front, but it didn't seem to be offensive. So I got it. And then everybody started thinking, I watched that um, dreadful show. What, what show is it? Now. Uh, somebody says Bazinga. Oh, um, <laughs> Big Bang Theory. Well, what, did, yeah, what, yeah. What, what, what did it say on it? It said Bazinga. Oh, it said Bazinga. Well, right, fair okay. I'm like, that meant nothing to me because I won't watch the Big Bang Theory because it's laughing at nerds rather than with them, in my opinion. And I'm like, oh, so now people think that I'm an idiot. Hmm. Interesting. In fairness, okay, it so wasn't like that. the jumper that made me think that, Peter. That's fair. <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's face is as you would imagine it to be right now. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, okay. yes. I think it's kind of a, it's a conversation starter. When, when yeah. you're talking clothing, it's also a conversation starter, yeah, yeah. isn't it? It's an icebreaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah definitely. But, but I don't have a problem starting conversation, so yeah. I'd rather be talking about books, to be honest. Oh, I authors did t shirts. Oh, now we're talking. I think they do, don't they? Like, yeah. Like, but not I really. mean, a Terry Pratchett t shirt with, like, I don't know, sort of all the books on the back. They exist. I would love. Yeah, yeah, I should get one. Yeah. I would really that's like that, actually. Sure that'd be that's, amazing. That's the thing you yeah. can have. That should be a thing. Yeah. Anyone yeah. listening that's buying Peter a yeah. Christmas present, there you go. <laughs> Sorted. Yeah. I'm looking at some D&D drinkware <laughs> at the moment, some mugs and glasses. Oh. Paint glasses and stuff like that engraved, and you get these like uh, quite um, these tankards, these metal tankards with like D and D logos on them, and mm. goblets, goblets and things. So that- you get like kitchen utensils which are, are themed around your hobby. Oh yeah, I got a bunch of D mugs with D twenties on because it's a good my gist gift thing, like yeah. spy me stuff like that. mugs with D twenties on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, sure, why not? Or I. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the GM or something like that. It's like, okay, mm. Mm. sure, thank you. It's a mug. I appreciate it. I think, yeah, mm. mugs and accessories like that is a good gift for somebody because I think so many things you see, you're like, I want a gift for somebody that is into this hobby or that. And if, if you're not into that or you don't know much about it, it's really easy to get them a mug that's themed mm. to that or something mm. like that that is thoughtful and like, I, I've thought about you and your interests, but maybe I don't know your interests well enough to buy you a role-playing game or something like that, so... Mm. I know I've had that when I before I worked in games when I worked in like a, a normal mm. office job like a you know a sensible job people knew oh, I was into gaming yeah. and stuff but had no clue what it was so I would get like office gifts that were things like that mm. so oh it's been a while but does anyone remember those lunch boxes that you used to get to kids I don't know if they still had them in your day Jessica lunch boxes like basically yeah it's basically like I don't know like about a foot long, and it had like He Man or She Ra or oh, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure they exist. Yeah, I am sure I they exist. Yeah. Um, and, the, yeah. and those little insulated flasks. Oh, they. I, I mean, I was big into those yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had yeah. hand-me-down lunch boxes because I'm the youngest of three, so I just got mm. whatever was left. So I could never have the cool lunch box that I wanted. I know, so traumatic. Oh, I know. No one's had a worse childhood than me. We had. uh, I had Superman, and my brother had Batman. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the youngest brother had. Cannot remember now. Yeah, Um, sorry. Uh, Yes, merchandise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at a dice jail now. Yeah, I a timeout chair for bad dice. It's a little dice-sized chair, and you put the you put the dice on the chair, and it's the dice's timeout chair. Stuff like that's (laughs) cute and funny, and that's the kind of thing I might get my GM as a gift or something. Oh, that's quite lovely. That's a a lot of money for a dice-sized dice-sized bit of wood. 
But I think, <laughs> yeah, I think because it, it becomes like a nice in-joke little gift or something like that that you have mm. with, you know, in your gaming group and stuff. And if you're lucky to have a gaming group that's lasted a number of years, you, you'll you have things like that. And uh, yeah. Mm. yeah. I guess it's almost something that you buy for someone else. Yes. Sort of thing. I yeah. think a lot of like, these you know, things just to say, Mm. Well, I think that's partly linked to like D and D in particular mm-hmm. is kind of a lifestyle brand now, rather than just a game. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So all this yeah. stuff yeah. Is, is very important. You know, yeah. I don't know how much of, of of like Wizards Bottom Line licensing this stuff out makes, but I'm sure it's important to them. Yeah. And you know, if I started talking about original characters and fanfic, mm. would you have any idea what I was talking about, Russ? Well, I know what fanfic is. Okay, yeah. So like, there's just this, I. I, I, I'm coming at it from a very strange space because I don't, I don't, it's not really my stuff, but I'm sort of aware of it. And it's like just these people create what they call OCs, original characters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. using the D&D rule set because this is somehow really important and symbolic to them. So they're like making characters that they, as far as I can make out, never actually play, but sort of almost has an intent to play. It's very strange. Do do have you seen this, Jessica, or am I just? Um, I've heard about the original character thing, but I, I think I've not mm. heard it in the way that you've you've seen it that way. I have people that yeah. they they play in their first long term campaign with a character, and mm. and, it, and your first character you play can be really meaningful to you, and the one that you carry for a long yeah, time, yeah. and so they become yeah like this ongoing thing, and yeah, I, mm. but I, I'm not sure in the context that you said that they've never played or anything like that, but. I, it does seem to be like the, it's almost like there's no necessity or intentional playing. So they're making a D&D character without necessarily wanting to play the game, which I, I, is that, I, I struggle to understand. Is, is that writing a story with a main, <laughs> with a protagonist, well, you know, in, in a particular setting? It's to do with having a picture of the character as well. I mean, I find it fascinating, but if I said I understood, so do they do they then write fiction related to the character? Or? Possibly, right? Yeah. I I don't I don't really know. Like someone was offering OC portraits for sale. Like people will draw your character or your OC, mm-hmm. and some of them are off, were also offering supplementary things. Like they'll do like some like uh, like a stat block of it, which I was like, oh, I mean, if you if you if you want to do that, then we can do everything that. Five he can, and considerably more. We have octopus people and dog people and tiny little butterfly people flying around. Like we got all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, use this. I mean, as well. I, I, like, I've fun. seen because there's a big art community for people making art for people's characters, which I think yes. is is, re- mm. is really good. Because I've yeah, I actually good. during one the end of the year of my first, I had long term D and D campaign that went on for like four five years, a long time. Anyway, yeah. after the first year of that, one of the players, as a Christmas gift for the group, commissions an artist to do a picture of the party, of the characters, which yeah. was really nice. Mm. So I've seen people doing things like that. I'm not sure I, I'm familiar with the phenomenon you're talking about there, but um, mm. but yeah, that's another merch thing, is people actually commissioning small businesses to do stuff, which I think is really cool. Because um, yeah. if you have a creative concept of your character, but you're not an artist, and you're like, I, I want them to visually exist... I think it's mm. great that you can contact someone and be like, hey, please drop me this and I will give you money. That's That seems to work yeah. well. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder what like, the most expensive merchy, RPG-rated merchy thing is. It's probably like one of those 
big heads, isn't it? That's like $400, $500. If we get into LARP armor, then we can really get somewhere. Or if you're talking about specifically custom-made gaming tables, if that counts. Yeah. Because they then it becomes furniture and then it's like a a huge thing. But yeah, LARP clothes. Just just last week I had my LARP armor uh, chess piece arrived, which I spent money on. What on earth is that? $1,657 for a Tiamat statue. Wow. Okay. Is it life size? Wow. Um, <laughs> scale one twenty. So no. <laughs> okay, that's wow. quite large. That's pre- that's pretty expensive. Okay, that's, okay. that's quite a lot. Um, I can't see anything more expensive than that. And that's yeah. I think okay. beyond that, you're getting into like gaming tables being furniture or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I can't. I, I'm I sitting in can... gaming chairs. What's a, a gaming chair and a regular chair? Well, I'm sitting in. Like oh, like a, gaming a, chair. a yeah, I thought it meant like a tabletop gaming at the table. No, I think like they're a, always associated more with digital games, games yeah, yeah, computer games. Like, but they are really good for just if you sit in a chair a lot. Because I got my partner one for Christmas a couple of yeah. years ago, and they yeah. still yeah, they're, they're good for long term sitting, aren't they? They yeah. still talk yeah. about it. Yes. <laughs> they're like the lumbar yes. support. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know it makes yeah. such a difference. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of looking at some of the gaming tables at yeah. UK Games Expo last year. I remember because some of them are thousands and thousands and thousands of yes. pounds. Mm-hmm. And because th- they were on the stand right next to us, weren't they? They just over yeah. the away from us. So I was just, yeah, yeah. Geek and Sons were there. Yeah. And I was like, looking at like, you know, would I spend like 12 grand on what is essentially a table? Yeah. Uh, what does that, would that bring me 12,000 pounds worth of value that a regular dining room table would not? And I was just trying to kind of think, I don't quite get I was, it. I mean, all right, it's got some like drawers in it and compartments and stuff, but. Not well, I, I remember talking around the other way because you were looking at it. Maybe I could get this. And I said, "Well, what what would you use it for that a, uh, a regular table wouldn't?" And that they, they mm. all had these cool features and functionalities that you can use. But when we we're talking about them, and I was listing them, these were none of the things that you would use in your games. Mm. So for you, it did not have the value. I know for a lot yeah. of people, they have like maps and mini set up, and you can put your table on top, and it's this like. Yeah, so that's the one it, like a poke, really yeah. cool thing about them that I think because you can yeah. leave the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a save game function. It, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I know people that love puzzles, as in jigsaw puzzles, sometimes love those as well because it's like I can yeah. have that all put out and I don't have to put it away and I can still put the tabletop on and you know it's a mixed mm. use space. Yeah, but yeah, and there's stuff that's useful. You can get like cup holder attachments. You can get lighting and ambience, and there's. So and much you can do. don't forget, the dice are much less likely to go flying off the edge when you're playing with that guy. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know it's yeah, yeah. always the same guy. It's always like, oh, I'll just roll my dice, and it's like they're both. I mean, are you going bowling? What's going on here? It just goes flying across the table, off to the side. You're like, oh. there was someone. Um, I'm not going to say who, but um, at a at at a gaming club that I have been to, um, who only came to one session. But threw the dice so hard that every time he threw the dice and had quite heavy dice as well, I was like, yeah. I, I, I'm going to get injured really soon. And <laughs> float and then bounce across the table and sometimes go off the table. But generally it was like, I don't feel entirely safe. So- I mean, that, 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 that sounds like the sort of person who's like really eligible for a dice tower. <sighs> like, hey, hey, take the dice tower. Yeah. Don't throw them. Just drop, just drop them. When the I first Fine. started roleplaying, I was going to Bournemouth Berserkers Gaming Club. And at the time, I don't think this is the case anymore because it's many decades and more of it. Anyway, 
Mm. Everyone had like little bowls or little trays to roll their dice in, mm. and that was just the norm. Mm. So I thought that was the normal thing, and I did that. And then I went to a convention, and I had my little dice bowl with me. No and someone said, there. "Oh, you're from that club that has all the dice bowls." And apparently, ah! that was like ah! a thing that we were known for. And I was like, "Oh, I thought this was a thing everyone did." But yeah, so I guess dice mm. bowls would be another thing. I, I mean, those can be quite nice. Uh, sort of like okay, I've seen some really nice things, like um, a little fold-up pack, like a um, yeah. Almost like a thieves' tools set, if you mm. can imagine. But it's jamming tools, so you've got like your pens and like a little map and like a rubber. Oh, Jess is bringing it out. Yeah, that's it. It's like it's um, it's a small package. Mm. Yeah, it opens up. What have you got in there, Jess? I have a load of dice in the pouch, a variety yeah, of things. Obviously. I have my notes section here, and in my game we have mm. some card handouts for things for stuff that I have. Um, so then they're for later. Um, in the pen section, I have this vial of dice, and the dice have just fallen Ooh. out everywhere. Uh, sections for pens. Yeah, that's what I have in there at the moment. But it is like my little thieves' tools, and it's all rolled up, which is a UK-based company, and they make gaming accessories. And so mm. I got that from them. So that I can just... That does look really useful, when I, actually. Well, it's got that all my dice. It's got my notepad, pens, paper... Hmm. any other little bits of gaming accessories and I just grab this and I know I can go game so when I'm going to conventions hmm. and stuff just that in my bag has everything I need yeah yeah, yeah. I've seen those which have, I um, normally have folders for my so. different character sheets that I have hmm. so perfect very organised I just have a rucksack which just has like a notebook in it some dice and a couple of pencils <laughs> functionally the same thing but the all rolled up one hmm. and I, you can tell that's very old because it's covered in Mustaches, which is a very late noughties thing uh, to have. So that yeah. shows, mm. yeah. Hmm. Well, ironically, that, that that rucksack of mine I lost a few weeks ago. Oh, right. And oh, um, yeah, yeah. it turned out, it turned out at um, the gaming club in Southampton. Oh. And uh, I, I, I gather, Peter, you looked inside it, saw the notebook, and you instantly it was mine because yes, <laughs> it had Dallas on it. I think you bought that for me, did you? Didn't you just like, I did. I, 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 I looked at it and I was like, oh God, who, I, who, who have done. In, in this year of our law, 2023, <laughs> is going to have, yeah, there's only one person that could possibly <laughs> in the world be. that could possibly have that. I had to search for I, that. I, that was Russ's birthday <laughs> present this year. <laughs> Dallas well, RPG I notebook. Mean, well, that was like a couple of years ago, actually. Oh, was I it? I mean, it was, oh, yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, so as soon as I looked at it, it was like, yeah, that's for us. Oh, yeah, you had... Mm. had I mean, we knew, it was, we knew there was some geeky stuff going on, because there was a bunch of... Because they opened it up and they're showing it to me. It's like, okay, like maybe some Star Trek, so maybe mm. worse. And then they show me in front. I'm like, yeah, that's for us. Dallas up. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't about me, yeah. Yeah, uh, it wasn't about me. <laughs> yeah. Who shot, Jay? Yeah. So like, there we go. I guess your Dallas merch is actually RPG stuff. <laughs> I think it was meant to be off the... T- I think it's just a TV show notebook, but I was like, this works. It was mm. around the time that, that we were talking a lot about the Dallas RPG on the podcast. So. See, and it got you stressed. I'm glad go. you're using it. Wasn't, it wasn't a present that was shoved in a drawer and forgotten. Well, I never thought it would be. No, of yeah. course not. All right, I've got a question for you. What's the most you would pay for a set of dice? Standard set of dice, the D20, D10, 12, you know, the standard set. What do you reckon is the most you'd probably pay? I have... 10 13 pounds. Oh, gosh. Mm. So I've seen a custom set that looked very nice that I really like, and I was going to buy them on Impulse. Mm. Then I saw how much they cost, and I went away and I was like, I can't impulse purchase this. How much was that? Uh, so they're ninety pounds. Ninety pounds. Okay. Yeah, I know. I can beat that. And up. I am yeah, yeah, thinking about purchasing them at some point in the future. 
But yeah, so the answer apparently is ninety pounds. I've got this set here. How much I would pay for it, and how much I'd pay for some of that also, because I oh yeah, that's I did at one point see some really beautiful red dice with gold numbering, which was using the Chinese numbering set, which I was Mm. thought, well, I know someone who would very much appreciate those. those. Yeah, yeah, um, so does Jess, but like, this was a full set, it was like Mm. all red and gold, it's like, I mean, this was like really nice, but they were over £25, and it was going to be another £5-£10 in shipping, and they Mm. wouldn't have got here anyway. Mm -hmm. So, well, I am currently looking at a set of dice, Mm -hmm. So, standard set of dice, $32,000. Oh, show me the link. So show me the link. Ones, eh? These are master set by Precision Play Dice. Oh, okay. 14 karat gold, and oh. with 54 VSF grade diamonds, I don't know what that means, totaling one carat in stone weight. I'm stored, oh. the box they're stored in is milled from a solid piece of Amboina burl and a velvet inlay with a light under each dice. But $32,000 for a set of dice. That's a lot of money. I mean, if one of those goes into the sofa, you're going to <laughs> yeah. the sofa. Especially if you don't get that. <laughs> mm, you and they're the precision happy. ones, so they've got like the really fine, fine edges. Mm. It's gold. Mm. So. so they've been very heavy. 117 grams. I don't know how heavy that is. In terms 14 of carat. So that means it's got a fair bit. So, like, carat is how much silver is mixed in with it. Mm. So, technically, they're electron dice, which may make them cooler. Uh, but it's not full 50-50 split but still I think think they're the kind of dice you propose to someone with isn't it that's how you propose to a nerd with like I don't know (laughs) okay Uh, it's very specific Uh, alright standard it's a bit extravagant even for that well I am unwed here of the three of us so there I've just set the standard (laughs) 32 grand send 32 grand and set a custom dice mail so yes depends on who you are as well good luck good good luck with that Jess good luck with that what are you are you implying I'm not worth 32 grand not to me or not I'm um, I'm sure to someone else perhaps you are (laughs) I mean, how can you really put a value on a human life? Yes. <laughs> well, under capitalism, you actually can, Peter. Yeah. Yes. Shall we perhaps move yes. on? Yes. Oh, well, that's all I say about merch, yeah. but 32 grand for a set of dice. They look like they have diamonds in of one of them as well that I saw if, when I looked yeah. it up. Yeah. 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 They're not cheap. I know. Yeah. If, so, if, yeah, if you want, if you, yeah, if you, if you want the indie merch, you can make, basically go as high as you want, mm-hmm. really, in terms of. Of, of money. I suppose if you're like a, a billionaire or something. Yeah. You'd buy that sort of thing, yeah. I guess. But or maybe, feel, maybe you wouldn't, I don't know. Yeah. Certainly makes me feel better about backing a Bones Kickstarter. Yeah. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. There's $100 I might see here. Uh, but then again, I get like lots of little models. Mm. So. We've got a D&D yeah. ring here for £736. Is it an engagement ring? D20 dice colour of your choice. Gamer nerd engagement ring. There you go, see? See, so you think I'm joking, it's a thing. No, you do not think you're joking. I didn't no. think you were joking. <laughs> no. no. We, we, we completely believed you. Like, <laughs> you know, if you want to speak, you're joking, you're going to have to get weirder. And even then, don't, be don't encourage it. We, we have very high levels of weird on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just getting weirder the older I get as well, because the less I care about other people's opinions. So you just it's just going to escalate. So I've warned my partner about this, because by the time I'm in my 80s, it's going to be such a wild time. Uh, oh, oh, top Quite tip. Quite a long time away, Jess. Yeah. Top, top tip. You just say you're creatively indifferent to other people's opinions. Apparently that sounds much like, like I don't care. Yeah, but like, I, I don't care, so I'm not going to edit myself so creatively uh, indifferent. Fair <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you, you carry on being a blunt object. So I will. Be the diplomatic one I will. I will. I'm uh, undoing my years of training as you know from from being a woman from a from a very young age. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm very pleased for you. Have got anything else to say about merchandise? Uh, yes. If you buy me okay. the 32 grand dice, I and propose me with it, I might say yes. Oh. You're listening to the podcast. Okay, so you're putting so, that out there. Yeah, I might. I'm not saying publicly. yes because it depends. So the, 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 the question <laughs> just, is: just where... You're putting that out there publicly, and uh, I said might. Should I just forward? Should I just forward you the emails when they come in? Or? Yeah, sure. I sure I sure will be flooded. <laughs> Although if someone proposes by email, I'm not, I'm not sure that <laughs> <laughs> seems seems unlikely to succeed. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be flooded with D- messages D- DC now. DC thirty thirty five check, even with advantage, is it's a, a long shot. Yeah. yeah. So the real question is, of course, when is Russ going to get his car redone with Ian Wall branding? Yeah, did you really see that happening? <laughs> Although my car has a hole in the back of it because the pond guy reversed into it. Oh, I'm very oh. upset. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not oh. that car then. <laughs> or maybe the logo can cover the hole in it. Just get like a nice. <sighs> the Ian World logo is kind of a, a bit nice... of a circular dice shape. Yeah. 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 Maybe oh, we get an Ian World van. For convention. That actually would be useful. It's a lot of money to spend just for something I'd use like twice a year. Yeah, well, I guess we have to do more conventions then. Oh, really? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I think we have definitely chuntered mm-hmm. and meandered and ambled mm. to the very end of everything we can possibly have to say about merchandise. I would like to. Uh, mm. I, I particularly liked the D&D rubber duckies. They did look oh, very yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah. So there's a ducks, which are basically the characters from the D&D. Cartoon. Yeah. Cartoon, which were mildly amusing. You and I quite liked that. Not enough to buy them, but thought no, they were amusing. Thought they were I wouldn't have them in my house, but I'm like, oh, yes, I see what you're trying to do now. I like the But I'm exist. okay with them existing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's end this. Okay, well, go and have a wonderful weekend. I will endeavour to do so also. All right. Make your choices. Bye. See you anon. All right. Bye-bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Oh, oh yeah, Marvin. Look at, Mar- so look at Marvin pretending, pretending to be cute. He's not pretending. Oh, he is cute. He's, he's, for the listeners, he's lying on an armchair with his head resting upon the arm, with his eyes closed, looking like an Andrex puppy who doesn't poop Having in the hall, the you know. best, most comfy nap ever. Yeah. Like, oh. Django, my dog, is not looking as cute and happy because he had a haircut this morning. And oh. being clean and having your haircut is actually a really abusive and terrible thing to do to somebody, apparently. So he's not speaking to me or looking at me because I took him to get his hair cut. Oh.